Welcome to Jesus Pursuits Weekly Sermon, where our mission is bringing the good news and demonstrating the kingdom. Join us live for Worship in the Word Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We hope you are encouraged and equipped by this week's word with our guest speaker, Julie Brink. I'm so glad that we are no longer slaves to fear. Especially right now as I step out of my comfort zone. Well, Emily asked me to speak, and so God had laid a message on my heart. So I'm going to share it today. I hope it's a blessing to you guys. And I'm going to start with sharing the mission statement of Jesus Pursuit Church. It's that people encounter God. That's really really important are transformed and advance the kingdom. And this morning, I want to look at the part of being transformed. I want to specifically talk about transformation from a a victim mentality to a victorious mindset. Lord, help me today to communicate (laughs) clearly. Yes. So we're going to look at aspects of both mindsets, starting with a victim mentality. So, first I'd like to say that God likes to call things by the future. We tend to call things by the past. And I believe a victim mindset actually prevents us from experiencing the fullness of God. The word says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, this is very true. And that's why transferring... I'm sorry, I'm going to calm down. That's why renewing our minds is super important to our walking in all that God has for us taking the whole territory, all the land that he has, everything. So we're going to start with looking at Israel's journey out of Egypt in the wilderness and how it applies to us and what Jesus offers us instead. You know, their story is written for our learning. That's in Romans 15, verse 4. And we are privileged to learn from their lives. You know, they didn't have the word like we did. And again, We've been privileged to learn, so I just say, get, go in deep to the word. Learn from their lives. It will be, it's a blessing. So let's have a look at Israel's condition when they were delivered from bondage. I'm going to read a scripture out of uh, Exodus 13, verse 17 through 18. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not by the way of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when, we, when they see war again and return to Egypt. Sorry. My pad is doing something weird. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness, the Red Sea. So my question is, why would Israel change their minds had they not been crying out for their most likely their entire lives for deliverance? And why would they ever go back, back into slavery, back into bondage, abuse, especially after they just tasted this freedom? I believe they were plagued with a victim mindset. I believe they, they believed they were small and powerless, and ultimately they did not trust God nor believe his promise over their lives. He said in Exodus 3.8, I will deliver them 
from the Egyptians, and I will bring them into a land flowing with milk and honey. Let's look at the response at the Red Sea. So when they arrived at the Red Sea and saw the Egyptians marching after them, they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. These words are so telling. Even though they had witnessed such incredible signs, wonders, and miracles coming out of Egypt, their mind had not been changed. A victim mentality still governed them. You know, a victim mindset is a learned behavior. It's not something we're born with. It's something one learns in a social environment. Often it develops in response to trauma or victimization or hard times we fall into. The children of Israel had been enslaved, abused, under harsh labor their entire lives. They truly were slaves, had been slaves. But unfortunately, they developed a victim mindset. You know, not only did God want to deliver them out of Egypt, but he wanted to deliver Egypt out of their soul. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Again, a victim mindset works against the plans of God for our life. Here are some examples. I'm sure you've heard this one about the baby elephant syndrome, but I want to share it again. Ah, my computer. A baby elephant syndrome is where a baby elephant is tied to a strong rope or chain at a young age, and it's unable to break that constraint. But when the elephant grows, matures, um, is strong and capable enough to even uproot trees and break that rope, he doesn't because the elephant's been conditioned from past experience to accept the constraint. And he, so he doesn't even try to break loose. There's another example of this. This is a fish story. This is a true story. <laughs> it is a true story. So some scientists in New England were studying this fish. This fish was inside a big tank, and he was perfectly content. All his needs were being met. At feeding time, the scientists would drop some minnows down into the tank, and the fish would happily gobble them up. It was a good life. Then one day, the scientists changed their routine. Instead of dropping the minnows freely into the tank, they placed them in a glass tube. The tube was designed so that the water would flow freely through it. They had little holes in it. As the so they put the tube back in, and um, the large fish um, could easily see the tiny fish inside the tube. As the big fish grew hungry, he began to try to get to the small fish inside the tube. This was his meal. He pushed the tube against the tank. Of course, the hungry, hungrier he became, the harder he tried. He knocked that tube with his tail and then with his whole body. Harder and harder, he swatted at the tube as his hunger became overwhelming. But eventually, the fish learned that he couldn't get to the minnows, no matter how hard he tried. He simply could not open the tube. So he gave up. After watching the, bit, the big fish for a while longer, the scientists changed their plan. They pulled the tube up full of small minnows, and then they poured them right back in to the, to the tank. Those poor minnows. Can you imagine what happened next? the large fish starved to death. 
with minnows swimming freely all around him, he starved to death. Wow. To me, that's a picture of the power of trauma in our lives. These stories clearly show the power of believing a lie in establishing a victim mindset and the constraints it puts on us. A victim mindset opposes God's plans for our lives. God likes to call things by the future. We tend to call things by the past. I have a question. Do you permit history to make your choices for you today? Are you allowing the ropes and the chains, past experiences, to hold you back? Those things that no longer have power to constrain you? You know, Jesus has set us free. He's healed us. He's delivered us. He's empowered us by his Holy Spirit. And he's given us incredible, incredible promises. Like that adult elephant. We're more than able to break loose. This is why transformation of our mind is so important. Scripture says, don't be conformed by this culture. I say, by our past experiences. Comply, complying with the lies or the fears that stem from these experiences. But rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might break free from every rope or chain or every unhealthy mindset that holds you back. There is a word that is so powerful, and it leads to our freedom. Emily actually prophetically sang about it. It's the word repent. Changing the way we think is so important to our freedom, and God wants us free. Let's look more at Israel's journey. God led Israel to hard spots. I call them sometimes heart spots. He led them not by the way of the Philistines, but he led them to the Red Sea. And later I'll share some other hard spots he led them to. I believe hard spots reveal what's in our hearts, our beliefs about God, our identity, and so forth, which gives us opportunity to repent, change the way we think, break agreement, break agreement with any lie we're believing about God, about our identity that constrain us. I also believe hard spots are opportunities for God to reveal himself to us. He led Israel to the Red Sea, where there was a massive army behind them and an impassable sea before them. As we know, he was about to do something incredibly powerful. He was about to reveal himself as omni, omnipotent, hard to say, omnipotent, all-powerful one. Then he led them to a place where there was no food. Again, that's a hard spot. You can't live without food. And he, at that point, revealed himself as provider. And then he led them to a place where there's no water. Led them right to that place. And he was about to reveal himself in the most unique, powerful way. And time does not permit to really get in to delve in how he revealed himself to them. But I encourage you to go read if you've never read that story. Each of these miracles was a demonstration of who he was and his nature, his faithfulness and goodness and power to build their faith, faith in him and his faithfulness. This leads to transformation. You know, if you find yourself in a hard spot today, 
I believe it's a beautiful opportunity for God to show himself powerful on your behalf. So ask yourself, who does God want to be for me right now in this hard spot? That's actually a Graham Cook quote. I love it. God has a solution. He has provision. He has direction. He is the way maker, the miracle worker, the light in the darkness. He is the promise maker, and he is the promise keeper. You know, 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. We are no longer slaves to fear. We're no longer victims to our circumstances. I want to look at Israel one more time. Um, because sadly, they never broke free from their distorted view of God or their fear and unbelief. Let's look at some of the responses when they face the hard situations. So at the Red Sea, we see that God, um, where he brought them, and their response just after they just got delivered from Egypt with incredible signs, wonders, and miracles. Their response was, you brought us here to kill us. We're going to die. That was not true. He was, promise was, I'm going to bring you in to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then when they were in a place of the hard spot with no food, they didn't again say, well, look what God just did at the Red Sea. Look how he delivered us. Look how the waters opened up before us. Look how they destroyed the army. I wonder what he's going to do now. He's so faithful. Nope. They complained. And they said, you have brought us into the wilderness to kill us. And by the way, Moses said their complaints were not against him, but against the Lord. So their next hard spot, even though God came and brought manna from heaven, and they ate till they were satisfied every day, every day that manna was new for them. When they got to a place where there was no water, they complained again and said, God, you brought us here to kill us. So we see that a victim mindset truly ruled and governed them, and they had not repented yet. So I would look at the last uh, hard spot they found themselves in is when God was getting ready to take them into the promised land. Now, it says that they were in the wilderness there for like two years and ten months. There was a lot that God was doing in their lives during that time. He was trying to build their faith and prepare them and take that victim mentality off of their lives. Um, so you would think that there had been some change. But first of all, God tells Moses, go stand out men to spy out the land, which I'm giving them. And he says, which I'm giving them, which I'm giving them. So Moses did. And when they return, Joshua and Caleb reported Their report of the land was, it's a good land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, like the Lord says. Look at this fruit. The cluster of grapes was so large that they had to carry it on a pole between two men. It is a good land. Yes, the cities are, you know, fortified and large, and the people are strong. There's even giants there. But we are well able to take the land. So they had a positive. Their hearts were different. And then, but the ten spies came. The other ten who went in the land came back and gave a bad report. 
and said, we are not able to take the land. Are you kidding me? The people are strong. The giants are there. And one of the things they said that I thought was so telling is, there we saw the giants. And they were like grasshoppers in our own sight. I'm sorry. We were like grasshoppers in their own sight. And so we were in their sight. That's interesting. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So their bad report actually poisoned the rest of Israel. And we, we know what happens. Um, I want to read Deuteronomy 1, chapter 1, verse 29 through 33. It says, this is Moses recounting their story after the 40 years, after those died out in the wilderness. He said, don't be terrified. This is his recount of the story. Don't be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son. Wow, that's a beautiful picture. And all the way you went until you came to this place, yet for all that you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out the place for you, to pitch your tents, to show you the way to go in a fire by night and a cloud by day. Wow, they, they got to see God in some pretty amazing ways during that time in the wilderness. But, you know, God works through faith. And it's impossible, actually, to please him without it. He couldn't bring them in because of their unbelief. This generation missed out on their promised land. They succumbed to the voice of fear and negativity. They didn't break loose from their distorted views of God even though they were privileged to experience him in such phenomenal ways. You know, each, each miraculous, um, each miracle that happened, each intervention, each provision, were God's invitation to them to trust him. Each of these miracles was a demonstration of his faithfulness and goodness and power to build their faith and teach them who he is, a good father. But they didn't repent. They never broke loose from their ropes and chains from the past that constrained them. You know, when we are going through hard spots, it's good to look back because you all have a history with God. You have a history of the ways that he broke through for you, the way he's answered prayer, the way he's, he's come and healed you or whatever. And it's really important to focus on those when you're in a hard spot because he's the same. He is faithful and he's true. And he, he will again bring you through. Um, sadly, you know, their unbelief kept them out of the promised land. Their past dictated their future. Hebrews 13, 19 said, this will get better. It feels like I'm just going into all this negative stuff about their victim mentality and how it affects their life. But it's going to get better. So Hebrews 13, 19 says, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let's be careful that our negative past experiences don't dictate our future, but rather the promises of God. You know, his promises are, the plans I have for you are good. I like what Angela says. He's a planner, and his plans are good, and they're not to harm us. And... 
it's important to know that we, those people back there have a nature just like we do. And if it happened to them, it could happen to us. Unhealthy mindsets can interfere with our entering the fullness of God's plans for us. Hebrews 13:12 says, out of the Passion Translation, so search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has unbelief hiding in you within you, for it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. No problem. I mean, that's a good scripture. I want to say, no, there are times that we do go through stuff, we're truly victims, but God doesn't want us, <clears throat> doesn't want those experiences to become a mindset that will affect everything that happens to us in life. He doesn't want us to spend the rest of our life wearing glasses that shade everything that happens to us. He wants us to have a different mindset. He wants us to have a victorious mindset. One that trusts him in his word. One that believes the best. That he loves us and has kind intentions towards us. Um, you know... Emily, actually, several weeks ago, Emily spoke um, and shared a scripture out of Isaiah 43 that really exemplifies this. Isaiah 43, 18 says, <clears throat> actually was spoken to Israel when they came out of the wilderness. And God said to them, don't remember, call to mind, dwell on the former things the slavery, the abuses, the bondage, the betrayal, the losses. You guys can fill in the blanks with your own stuff, past ex negative experiences you've gone through. Nor, give, nor consider, give heed to the old things. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? So do not remember, do not dwell on, do not give heed to. All these pertain to our thinking. Changing the way we think is imperative to our freedom and, <clears throat> sorry, imperative to our freedom and experiencing all that God has in store for us. Really quickly, I want to just look at how a victim mindset can manifest in our lives. And I'd like to share that when I was young in the Lord, this, what I'm going to share here, a lot of these was me. A victim mindset feels powerless to change their circumstances and doesn't look to God for solutions. A victim mindset allows giants to be bigger than God. Inability to trust God. A victim mindset constantly fixates on the negative aspects of one's life or thinks that the future holds only bad things. That's like allowing your history to dictate your future. Five, blaming everyone else for what happens to you and not taking responsibility. For me, it was kind of a, 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 I was on the flip side of that. I actually took the blame for everything and felt responsible to fix everything too. And that's a heavy one. I am so glad what God has done in my life. A victim mindset um, is unable to set healthy boundary lines. And 
has an inability to exercise your free will when it comes to expressing your opinions, making decisions, asserting your personal choices. That was me too. Victims feel unable to say no. And unable to say yes, yes to God. That's a big one. So transformation, taking the land, I call it. You can call it um, sanctification, is a process. It's been a process for me. Precept upon precept, revelation upon revelation, encounter upon encounter, choice by choice, yes by yes, a lifelong journey. I'm still in the process, but I am so grateful he has brought me so far. When I was young in the Lord, it's like every time I turned around, um, he gave me the song. It would just, I'd go to church and they'd be playing it, or I'd turn it on the radio station, they would be playing it, and it's like every time I turned around, and I knew at that point, after a while, that this was a word that he was speaking to me personally. And I, I look back from time to time on this, and I want to um, read the, the part of the lyrics to you. It says, I will change your name. You shall no longer be called wounded, lonely, outcast, or afraid. Your new name shall be confidence, joyfulness, overcoming one, faithfulness, friend of God, and one who seeks my face. He has changed me so completely. It's not been an overnight process. Again, it's been my journey through knowing him and giving, my, giving him my life and saying yes to him. And I have to say, he has set me free of so much. And I'm so glad what Jesus has done for me. And this is what he wants to do for everyone. He wants to set us free and empower us. You know, Jesus said, when he walked on this earth, he says, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. The Passion Translation says, I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until it overflows. Does this sound familiar? God's promise to Israel. I will deliver you from the Egyptians and bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey, sweetness and abundance. God has not changed. So the key to transformation is our thinking. So I want to quickly look at a victorious mindset. Yay, we're here. We're good. We're here to the we're here at the good part now. So I want to look at it in the life of Joshua and Caleb really quickly. They were quite amazing. They, I love their story. It's so hopeful. I love their hearts. The Bible said they had a different spirit in them. They followed God fully. Their hearts were loyal to him. Their hearts were not divided by their past experiences. You know, they too were victims, slaves in Egypt, all of their life up to that point. But they believed and kept their eyes on the promise of God. I'm going to deliver you from Egypt, from the Egyptians, and I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. They kept their eyes on the promise and the faithfulness of God. Their 
um, their declaration when they came back from spying out the land is, we are well able to take the land. They knew their God. This changed everything for them. They experienced the land flowing with sweetness and abundance. So our entering into the fullness of God has everything to do with our attitude, our beliefs, and our mindset. He loves faith. He works through faith. Faith is a victorious mindset. Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit in them. They were men of faith, not given to fear. Their outcome, completely different. All scripture is given for our learning. So, I wrote down some things, what a victorious mindset looks like. One is, the victorious mindset looks beyond the problem to get heaven's solution. When you're in a hard spot, look to heaven. A, a victorious mindset trusts God and believes his word. In the midst, when the circumstances are speaking one thing, you turn your face to the promise and say, God, this is what you promised. So I don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. And he's faithful. He has a solution. Um, a victorious mindset doesn't allow circumstances to define your attitude. Doesn't let negativity stay or spread. And it doesn't allow the past to define your future, but rather the promises of God. A victorious mindset doesn't allow the giants or any mountain to become bigger than God. A victorious mindset takes personal responsibility for their choices. This is a big one. Believes God is good all the time. Believing God is good all the time, like the children of Israel just couldn't understand that. They just couldn't get it, even after everything they saw and experienced with God. Um, a victorious mindset says yes to God. And the last that I wrote down that I thought was good is a victorious mindset casts down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Love the Passion Translation. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. That's powerful. So just a side note, truly, the battlefield is in our mind. That's why we, it's important to renew our mind. Whether unhealthy mindsets we carry in our heart that constrain us as a man thinks in his heart, or the enemy's attempt to shut us down, to keep us from stepping out into new territory through fear, lies, or discouragement, renewing our mind with the truth is vital to our walking in freedom, taking the land, becoming powerful in God, and advancing the kingdom. Um, each of us get to ask, where is a victim mentality constraining me from entering into all that God has purposed for my life? A land flowing with sweetness and abundance, where I know my God and do great exploits, advancing the kingdom wherever I go. Where am I allowing the past to dictate my future? What lies am I believing about my worth, my identity, and who God is in his heart toward me? Am I listening to the voices of the past? Or the voices of him who is calling me to greatness. 
calling me to walk on water, so to speak? Do I see myself as a grasshopper in the land of the giants, believing I'm going to be crushed and destroyed? Or as an overcomer, able to accomplish all things through Christ who strengthens me? Am I standing in faith, believing God is faithful and will perform his word to me? Or do I stand in the past, refusing to see anything different? The good news is, we're not victims. We're no longer slaves, no longer slaves to fear, praise God. We are dearly loved children of God. Thank you, Jesus. He has set us free. We are more than conquerors. He always leads us in victory. He has empowered us by his spirit. We've been forgiven, adopted. He has given us his name. He has given us authority. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We have at our disposal, disposal, sorry, God's help, angelic help, wisdom, grace, etc. We are well able to take the land. The good news is, if God is for us, who or what can be against us? That's the truth. And God has a promised land for each one of us. Not just a promised land of peace and joy, but there are powerful things that he has for us to do in the kingdom. There's a lost world out there. And they need what we have. They need the Jesus that we have. And God wants to help us to walk in a place of freedom that wherever we go, we take the message, we take the anointing, that we, we have the remedy, you know. And so God desires that we walk in complete freedom. So I wrote, wrote up a declaration. By the way, thank you for being really patient with me. Thank you. This is part of my taking new ground. And God is faithful. And even in my weakness, he is able to take the word and use it for something good. So, yeah. So I wrote up a declaration. And um, declarations are super, pow uh, super powerful. It says that declare a thing and it shall be established. And when you give voice to truth, something shifts. So I was wondering if you'd like to stand up and, and share and declare this testimony. I'm sorry. I am just... Declare this word that I wrote up. Thank you. So let's declare. God has a solution to every need. God is for me, not against me. I am well able to take the land. I will capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that I bow in the obedience to the anointed one, to truth himself. I declare he is greater than any giant I face. I declare I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is trustworthy. I will not allow fear to rule me. I will trust him with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. I will give him my yes and my obedience. Ministry team. Yes, please do. No, this is so good. Um, 
while she was preaching, I just was thinking about, in my own life, um, maybe a heart spot that God is leading me to. And I feel like there's probably a lot of us in the room that that's the case. Um, you know, I am, Justin and I are in a, we're building a house, and um, it's not been super fun. And um, yet the Lord led us to do it. And we have been in this spot, like, decade plus past, where just in recent days, I even was sharing this with Julie on Wednesday, just, I'm like, I'm triggered. I feel like a bad situation is going to happen again because it looks similar. Have you ever had, like, something like what you were saying, the past, and then you come up against a situation where you're like, this feels familiar. And um, you have a choice. Like, we have a choice. We can be passive in those moments and allow whatever will happen will happen and walk into that situation with the same broken mindset that you had before. Or we can be the people that she just declared that we are and go at it from a proactive perspective. You know, we're not victims. And we do have the mind of Christ, and we are more than conquerors, and we are the, the head, not the tail. Like, all these things are true, right? And just because something has happened a way before, that doesn't mean it's going to happen that way again. So I was just convicted while we were sitting here. I'm like, I need to, like, be proactive about my situation. I don't need to be passive in this. We have the mind of Christ, and the Lord directed us to do something. So like Joshua and Caleb... If the Lord has given this land to you, if there's things that you're coming up against a wall and the Lord has spoken it to you, we have to shift our mindset from like, I hope it happens to, I believe that we will win. We, we have made that declaration over these scriptures before, like that, that mindset. Um, this week, Audrey, we had a track meet and she wasn't feeling well and, and she was like, today is going to be terrible. Oh. Yeah, probably so. You know, when you, there is something, there is a power about attaching your mindset to the mind of Christ and walking in it and actually making those positive declarations. So I think that there's more than just me in the room that need to do that. So I would encourage you as the ministry team comes up just to come into agreement, make agreement, not only with the Lord, but there's power in agreement with um, people in the room to pray and make agreement with what God says is true. So ministry team come on up and we'll just we'll just do that thanks for listening to jesus pursuits weekly sermon if you would like to be a part of seeing people encounter god experience transformation and be equipped to advance the kingdom you have the opportunity to partner with us through giving at jesuspursuit.org forward slash give together we can make jesus famous in albany the northwest and the nations we hope you have a blessed week and we'll see you next time